Hello and welcome to Behind the Bearcat. This is the podcast where the Northwest Missouri State University Career Services Office chats with Northwest faculty, students, staff, and alumni to hear about their career journey and how they became Bearcats. I'm Northwest Internship Coordinator Travis Klein. And I'm Hannah Christian, Assistant Director of Career Services. And today we are joined by Jason Offit, who is a senior instructor for the School of Communication and Mass Media. Thanks for being here, Jason. Hey, welcome. Thanks for having me. I On this snowy it. day. Yes. If yes. you're listening to this in July. <laughs> yes, it is not July weather today, for sure. <laughs> All right. So you're a senior instructor in communication and mass media. So are you communication or mass media? Uh, I'm mass media. I teach journalism. All right. Yeah, a, lot uh, of, a lot of writing courses and, and uh, photojournalism. Okay, so can you give me an example of some of the courses that you teach? The uh, names of the courses. I teach professional media writing, which is uh, a course designed to fix all the grammatic, gr- the grammar problems, <laughs> spelling, <laughs> punctuation <laughs> problems that students come in with. And um, I teach reporting, um, photojournalism. I also teach some sports classes, sports reporting, and sports photography. Uh, I've got um, a background in all this. I was a a newspaper reporter and editor and photographer for 17 years. So everything I teach, I've already done. All right. I love this. I love jumping right in. So back all the way. Rewind. Right. Back that's okay. All I just, the way up. Like first five <laughs> questions, I just blew out of the water. That's all right. <laughs> so what was your first job? Uh, my very first job. Well, I when I went to college, I'd, I'd always wanted to write and uh, to write creatively. And I, I wanted to be uh, on the radio. And I was a broadcasting and film major. And I told all my friends, because they'd like, you want to write for a newspaper, right? And I said, I've never in my life write for a newspaper. It's not going to happen. And my very first job out of school was writing for a newspaper. <laughs> and What and, about backup? What about your very first job ever? Like when you were 14, 15? I, I shoveled hog manure and drove a tractor because I, because I so grew see, up on a farm. So see, there you go. Out of yeah. humble beginnings, right? Right, right. <laughs> it, What made um, you want to write? Um, I don't, I don't know. Did you always want to write? I I remember when I was nine or 10, I told my parents, you know, I want to be a writer when I grow up. I want to write novels. And I got to, you know, the brush on the head, (laughs) uh, you know, and, and, uh, oh, isn't that cute? Now go be an accountant or something. (laughs) Uh, but no, I, I, I'd always wanted to. And, um, um, but and here's some writing advice for people. I always wanted to write, and I was always the best writer. I knew I was the best writer in my high school. And when I went to college and took creative writing, I was the best writer in my creative writing classes. And I thought, and well, and I also got a, a magazine article published while I was in college. So I'm like, this is easy. Yes. I don't have to work on this because I'm already good. And and then I didn't get anything published outside of a newspaper for 20 years. <laughs> So yeah, the, the big lesson is don't get cocky and work on making yourself better. <laughs> That's really good advice for yeah. any major. For anything, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's back all the way up to the farm. So you're a, where did you where are you originally from? Uh, I'm from Oric, Missouri. That's O R R I C K. It's not spelled like the vacuum. <laughs> uh, it's a town of about 800 people. Um, I grew up on a farm outside of it, and we raised uh, almost everything. We had. Hogs, uh, cattle, sheep, chickens, turkeys. Was uh, it a? Was it a? Did you go to a, a small school, a big school? What type of school? My class was one of the biggest graduating classes in a, about twenty years, and we had thirty-six people. 
so comparable to the schools around this area. The, 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 the outlying schools, schools. Yeah, 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 yeah. I gotcha. My graduating class was thirty, so yeah. very similar. <laughs> okay, yeah. We, uh, Oric was about the about the size of Burlington Junction, maybe just a smidge bigger, but not much. Okay, you're working on the farm. You're going to high school. You writing is easy for you. How did you pick? Where did you go to college? And how did you pick your college? Wow, do you really want to? I don't know if I should tell why I picked my college, but but I why not? Northwest Northwest colors were green. My favorite color was green. That's how I picked Northwest. Right, so I, you know, I, yeah, the opinions <laughs> expressed in the Behind the Bearcat podcast in no way reflect Northwest Missouri State University, its affiliates, or partners. Okay, so now you're I, welcome to say it. Thank you. All right, um, I, I picked Central. Uh, I went to Warrensburg. I went to the enemy. Right. <laughs> so uh, the reason I I, I went, um, a friend of mine who was a couple of years older. Uh, he, he went to he went to Central. Uh, I have no idea why he picked there, but I went to visit him, and he was in a fraternity. Uh, I drove up drove to Central from home. I was sixteen. Why my parents let me drive at sixteen <laughs> to a college town and spend the weekend in a fraternity house? I have no idea. <laughs> Sounds like a teenage comedy from the nineties. Well, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. So yeah, one of the first things we did is throw uh, one of the frat brothers. Uh, beds out the window of the of third course. floor yes <laughs> and and then we went to the street where all the uh you know libations were served and i was 16 and i got served and i'm like i'm going to school here <laughs> so everybody listening who's not in college and is trying to pick do the opposite okay <laughs> do your research which is something that's terrific here is the students that i talk to why'd you come well and I, it's the best school for what I want to do. And I'm like, good for good you. Good decision making. Great, <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, you weren't me. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you start out? Did you start out as a writing major or what did you major no, in when I, you went I, to college? I majored, uh, I didn't declare a major until I was a junior. Ah. Yeah, because I was following the, uh, the D-Day from Animal House, uh, <laughs> you know, eight years of college down the drain. Uh, so I, I was majoring in broadcasting and film and um i just i wanted to be on radio and and i did some of that while i was in college and you now i found out it wasn't for me and mm -hmm. uh so i wanted to do tv i had an internship at channel nine and it was a lot of fun but uh then i got my job at a newspaper because i didn't want to move and that was the only thing open and i found out i really really liked it you know not just not just the getting in in the news but writing every single day getting you know you know, practicing what I wanted to do really with my life, which was put words together and tell stories. And I was getting, you know, and you're doing that every day. I was repeatedly. getting paid to do it, <laughs> you know, paid to, to, to practice and, and, and get better. It was at that point that I decided, you know, doing something a lot and, and, and actually working on making my writing better was, um, was where I needed to go. And I had a lot of fun. Hmm. So how did you, how did you search for that job? Um, how, did you, I, how did that job find you? Oh, well, it was, it was pretty easy. My mom said, hey, Jason, she picked <laughs> up the local paper and said, they're looking for a reporter here at the local newspaper. You know, you need to get a job and move out of my house. <laughs> so, yeah, that was it. <laughs> okay, was this the paper that you, did you spend the whole time at the, what paper was it? Okay, it was the uh, Richmond, Missouri Daily News. Uh, at the time, it was daily. I think it's a couple times a week now, but that's how things All go. All papers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was it was close. Uh, it was the, the the next town over, and um, I fell under the wing of uh, a man who was seventy eight years old and had worked at the paper 
since he graduated from college for 75 of those years yeah yeah he well he was for at least you know 50 50 50 years he'd worked there and and i was smart enough to know that this guy's been there and done that with about everything so i need to pay attention to what he's telling me um but yeah that that was it and 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 you said is that the only paper uh when it comes to newspaper the newspaper industry the rule of thumb and i tell my students this is keep your resume up to date because media people move all the time. Uh, usually, uh, usually uh, you know, people like me will start small and then, hey, a bigger opening happened. I'm going to go there. Oh, there's a bigger opening at a bigger paper, so I'm going to go there and then, then work your way up. And, and that's how the things usually work. And, gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> so how long were you there, Richmond Daily News, and then where'd you go next? I was there two years. Uh, I went for about a year to nearby Carrollton, Missouri, and then I left and went back to Richmond. Uh, they'd offered me something bigger, and from there I went to Liberty, Missouri, Marshall, Missouri, for about four months, where I met my, my wife, so I'm glad I went there. <laughs> and then I spent uh, eight years at the Examiner in Independence. So talk to me about what... What did you develop after you left college that you didn't have the opportunity or you didn't understand or you didn't know that you, you, you didn't have in college? So you know what I'm saying? Like that professional leap, like you're doing this, this is your, your bread and butter. Right. Well, I learned how to take notes. <laughs> I really did. You know, the in importance college, of taking notes. Yeah, right? all, all my notes, I had drawings of like Conan the Barbarian and things and <laughs> sports cars on my on my notes but I, le I learned how to I learned how to listen because people a lot of times just hear well that doesn't do you any good how to listen is to be able to critically think while somebody's talking to you and put the pieces together in a coherent fashion and and I learned how to do that I learned how to cut a lot of the fat out of out of my writing um, because I mean if if you look at just a piece of raw writing I look at it as, as a piece of meat and you know let's cut these words out well, let's cut that fat out and here you know what what's left is something that's really palatable uh, so I, I, I learned how to do that and one of the things that, that has helped me a lot because uh, I also write fiction is the quotes it's listening to different people talk and uh, being able to quote them accurately and that has really helped me out with dialogue because you know I, that's what you do when you right, dialogue. exactly <laughs> I spent 17 years really focusing on what people said and how they said it and and that's yeah that's really helped me out a lot so did you write fiction on the side while you were writing for the paper or was that hard to write two different types of writing oh my right? gosh no yeah it was it was really hard it's not just the two different types of writing it's that newspapers generally will uh, your jobs from you know is eight hours a day. That's what they tell you. But but the <laughs> truth is, it's more than eight hours a day. And you know, under deadline, you're really stressed, and then the deadline's over. But you still got to work on stuff for tomorrow because when you wake up and come to work, there's a deadline again. <laughs> yeah, I learned how to drink lots and lots of coffee in a short period of time. But um, or use your coffee consumption wisely. <laughs> yes, it's uh, so. Uh, I learned, I also learned, you know, with, with deadlines is to, um, you know, put, put things together quickly uh, because, you know, people will complain of writer's block. I don't usually get writer's block because here we got 17 years of me, you know, I got to have this done at this time. So every week we got to have it done. We got to have it done. We got to have it done. 
Yeah, but okay. Every day. If right. you're on a daily paper. Because right? I was on a daily for most of the time that I, I worked. So it was, yeah, every single day. You've got to have this done. you got to have it done now. And I don't care if you can't think of something. You will. Just put your just fingers on something. the keyboard. And <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to happen. Yeah. So how did you, you mentioned writing fiction on the side and things like that. How did you go about the process of taking that from your writing to your getting it published? It's getting out there to where people can consume it. Okay. Yeah. The fiction on the side, I didn't, I, I was getting off on the, you know, the, working all this stuff in a newspaper and I didn't answer that question. I didn't have time because w- by the time I got home from the newspaper, I just wanted to turn the TV on, eat dinner and veg out and, mm-hmm. and so i didn't have time to to do anything extra but you know i mean here at uh at you know teaching i've got summers I, the first uh number of books that i wrote were um because i've my 16th is coming out this summer uh most of the books books that i've written are nonfiction. so what i've done with those is i've just used my journalism skills i you know have a topic i know what i want to write about i go out and interview people who've experienced things uh, do some research on it, you know, exactly. compile everything. Yes. Together. I mean, I've, I've been, you know, people now, a lot of people just think, you know, I'm just going to research it on the internet. No, no, you still need to go, <laughs> yeah. you know, into libraries. You need to go into courthouses. You need to look at all these, you know, old documents. And, and, and I, I, I did quite a bit of that. So my, my first books, even though they were on ghosts and things like that, you know, I, I, I did it as a journalist. I interviewed them. I did historic research on the place where they experienced what they experienced, and and I went there to experience it myself. So, uh, my first number, um, you know, number of works uh, were just normal, normal things. When it when it came when I when I started writing fiction, when I started writing novels, it was it was different. Only in the research was different because, um, and this is I don't ever want to get in trouble with the law. Because as soon as they look at my search history, I'm, I'm toast. Because <laughs> I, I wrote a, a, a horror novel, and and you know the the villain made homemade pipe bombs with homemade uh, uh, timers. I had to look all that up. Because you, know, you don't know how to, you don't you don't know how to make it realistic unless you have some background. It, right? Exactly, <laughs> and I don't have that kind of kind of background. Uh, uh, and and you know, so I had to look that up when it when it comes to. You know, how long does a, a person, would a person last, you know, until they, they bled out if their hand got cut off? Well, I asked somebody in the medical field about that. But, you know, so there is research that goes <laughs> on with, with fiction because even though I'm writing about made-up things, it's got to feel and sound real to the reader or they're not going to believe, you know, mm-hmm. they're not going to fall into that, you know, this could be real. Let's go back to, okay, you're working at the paper. In independence, mm-hmm. right? Right. Did you did you come here from that position? Right. Where did you jump off into teaching versus actually working at the paper? Okay, my last few years, uh, my last three years at, at independence, uh, I, I they were wanting to start a couple of special specialty publications. One was a monthly sports magazine, and another one was a monthly entertainment magazine. And they asked me to create the entertainment magazine. Which, which I did. It was called The X Entertainment Monthly. And um, so that's what I did my last two years. It was, it was a lot of fun, but I still helped out on the new daily newspaper. And I had, I'd hit a wall. I just mentally, I just, I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't there anymore. And I decided to go back to school because I had in the back of my head, I'd always wanted to teach. And uh, at a college? At a college. And, except for, 
I wanted to be one of those teachers who'd been there, done that, instead of uh, a number of teachers that I had who'd just been in school the whole time. Mm -hmm. uh, so and I'd been there and done that. So I went back to school, got my master's. and there What was, school did you go to? For my master's? Yeah. Central, the same one I got my <laughs> bachelor's from. I, I, I got... I got better grades this time. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it was just it was funny how, how I ended up teaching here because I had recently, I mean, fairly recent before the job was open here, I reconnected with the very first editor I had ever had at that newspaper in Richmond back when I graduated from college, and he was teaching here. And I came up, he invited me up to talk to a few of his classes and um, I don't know if he was seeing how I handled students and seeing how I lectured because, you know, not too long after that, he said, Jason, I've got a new job and I'm leaving this summer and the job's going to be posted. You might, you might want to <laughs> apply for it. And, and I did and had great interviews and Hey, here I am. It's been 15 <laughs> years. Wow. Talk to me about the first year, the first two years of teaching. How was how was that transition? How did you manage that? How was that different from going from being in the actual profession to teaching about? Well, I had a number of issues. One, I hated public speaking. I got really, really <laughs> nervous. And here, I got a class with you know twenty two kids in it. Oh god! And then my next class after that, I had sixty. So blowing my mind. It didn't take me very long to, to get comfortable talking in front of people. It's really not a big deal, especially when I knew in my head that I know so much more than they do. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they, they got to listen to me because I know what I'm talking about. But for like the first five years I worked here, I had imposter syndrome. Sure. You know, I'd walk out to my car thinking, my gosh, am I really doing this? I mean, who said that I was a college teacher? Really? But... That, that that passed that passed um my my very first um class was was reporting and the teacher that i replaced had been here for quite a while and um i walk into the classroom and one of these students uh her, her name's stephanie she uh worked in uh, at abc in in uh, des moines for a long time but anyway she looked at me and she goes who are you what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm, I'm your teacher. No, you're not. My new, my teacher is this teacher. I don't want you. That was my very first wow. class. Like, welcome right. to Northwest. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> so imposter syndrome went away. So you it, found it, your stride. It, it went away. Yeah, yeah. And um, Did you start I, writing the first summer after you, you know, you taught? So that first year, did you start writing fiction in the summer? Well, no, I actually, I, I wrote... I still wrote nonfiction. Um, I love writing nonfiction. I love talking to people about their experiences because that's, I'm a storyteller. Mm -hmm. I, just, I tell people's stories, but I have to know them first. Yeah. So no, I wrote five nonfiction. No, then I had six. I think I had written six or seven nonfiction books before I wrote my first novel, but I worked on those nonfiction books during the summer. That's what my wife and kids knew dad was that's what he's doing this he's summer. still working yeah and uh, i wrote a wrote a travel book one summer i drove to canada on us 71 uh just to buy some canadian beer and bring it home <laughs> that was the premise of the whole thing but i, I wanted to drive up 71 because it goes to fort francis ontario you know just to see all the 
cool, kooky, historic places between here and there. But anyway, that's just that, that was more nonfiction. It, so it took a while for me to, to think, you know, I am not getting any younger at all. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to write novels. So I better, probably better start this. So and it was 2013 when I got my first novel published. So how do you go from writing a nonfiction book to getting it published? If I'm a student or maybe a faculty or a staff member who just is like, I'd like to write a novel. All right. So it's, it's really easy. <laughs> it's it's not words. really easy. <laughs> um, and this is what people don't want to hear. Your first novel or your first book, it's going to suck really bad. <laughs> All right. I, I got mine out of the way and it was, it was terrible. But what you need to do and focus on early on is practice, 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 practice. You know, somebody will play baseball all their life, you know, from Little League on and understand how good practice is. You know, I won't be able to hit that, you know, hanging curve until, you know, I practice, practice, practice. But when it comes to writing, people think, you know, I've, I've known the English language. I've written since, a paragraph. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've, I've done this before. It should be easy. And, 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 and it's not. Uh, I mean, read and then write things and have people read them and tell you what's wrong with it and then write it again and write it again and write it again. So there's a lot of buildup to actually starting to put things down for a book. The hardest thing that any writer starting off has is finishing it period. People will start working and they'll get 10,000 words into it and then they'll just, they don't know what to do next. So they'll abandon it. Mm-hmm. Okay. My, when I wrote my first book, I had five 10,000 word you pieces, know, right? pieces <laughs> sitting in, in, in a drawer. But, uh, but I was like, I'm like, okay, I just got to force myself to do this. So finishing it, it is, is tough. Um, setting a whole bunch of small uh, goals is vital for a book because if you think I'm going to write a hundred thousand word novel man, you're not going to do it in one sitting that's a lot <laughs> okay, I might write a thousand fifteen hundred words a day they add up but it, it takes a while but uh so writing writing is not the hard part writing is the easy part okay it's after the writing when you have to revise it that's where that's where the fun starts that's the hard part is making sure everything makes sense you didn't introduce a character in chapter three and then he just vanishes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that stuff happens all, yeah. the, all the time. And, and it happens to people who've been published a lot. I just had a discussion with uh, an, an editor for my novel that's coming out this, this summer. And she's like, okay, you mentioned this in, in like chapter four. And I was hoping it would come up again and it didn't. And I'm like, now that you mention it, I meant for it to come up again. <laughs> it just didn't happen. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's a common thing to happen. But there's, after the writing is over, there's a ton of work. So do you do revision? Like, so how do I find, do I find an agent? Do I find a publisher? How do I, how do I start putting my work out there? Like, so say I have a good chunk of stuff or something I thought that I may have written or re- and or revised. What do I do next? Okay, if it's just a chunk of something, stop right there and finish it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I said, nobody's going to look at anything you've written until it's done. It's a done. finished thing. Right. And then I've always had people say, Jason, you have an agent? You have an agent? Oh, you got to have an agent. No, I don't have an agent. Because uh, to, to begin with, it really frustrated me. Because agents don't talk to people unless they've got a book published. But a lot of most publishers won't publish a book unless you got an agent. So it's this weird <laughs> circle, circle of death. <laughs> yeah. 
I finally got agents to start talking to me, but you know, I've been getting books published on my own, so I don't have to give anybody else a cut, which I'm really cheap and like money. So any penny <laughs> I can get a hold of, I, I will. Uh, so yeah, it's agents out the door. Before you even think of um, a publisher, finish the book, find what the in- what 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 the industry calls beta readers, which are people who will read your raw work and tear it apart for you and they will tell you what's wrong with it did you have friends read it did, how did you yeah. find people to read it well the thing is i didn't have a beta reader until i started writing my novels everything else i'd written my wife who was a journal journalism major here is a great copy editor and she always just edited my own stuff my stuff and I, I, it got published <laughs> But the, the novels are a lot more complicated because different storylines and everything. So I've wanted more people, and she doesn't want the pressure. <laughs> so I've, I got, uh, got a number of friends um, uh, to, that I knew would tell me to my face if something was awful because they tell me when other things are awful. <laughs> so that, that's good. So okay, yeah. So so they beta read, they tear it up. They tear you it go up. Go back in there and I stitch it together. Stitch it together. Uh, I also end up reading it at least five times. I like to read it and put it in a drawer for at least a month, longer. But I usually can't stand it because <laughs> I want to get it out now. Uh, and and yeah, I'll read it. I'll go through it at least five times and make make corrections. And and then I'll, I'll put together a package of cover letter, a synopsis, a one a page synopsis, a one word synopsis of the novel, and then uh, research publishers that publish the kind of thing that uh, that I just wrote. I just want to say shout out to the cover letter here. Mm-hmm. Everybody in our office complains like, we don't know about cover letters. We don't know why we would need to write a cover letter. Can you explain why you would include a cover letter okay. with your work? Okay, the cover letter of, of, you know, not just my work, but for if you're looking for a job, you know, you want somebody to look what comes after the cover work. In my case, it's a book. In in if you're looking for a job, in your it's case, you. <laughs> it's you, right? Exactly. There, you want them to look at your resume. You want them to look at your portfolio, and if if your cover letter is not crafted the way the industry wants it to be crafted, if you don't do a pro, uh, a good enough job selling who you are and what you can do for them. They're not going to look at your resume. They're not going. They might look at your resume, but they're not going to look at your portfolio. It's they're just, not going to interview. They're not going to call you in for an interview. You're right. Yeah. So, I'm selling my not my books. Uh, you know, if you're looking for a job, you're selling yourself. So the the cover letter is a vital piece, and I hate writing them so much. <laughs> they are. They He's are, a writer, and he doesn't like. I would cover rather letters. write a hundred, uh, you know, a hundred thousand page novel than I would writing a one page cover letter. They're 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 hard, but they're necessary. <laughs> they're so necessary. Well, and it's amazing how many industries use them too. Because I, you know, with the Chiefs making the Super Bowl, that's has happened recently. When we're recording this, uh, Patrick Mahomes' cover letter with the draft came out, like as a college player wanting to be drafted, and it's it's a cover letter just like you'd use for a job, but it's to a sports team. So it's, it's not just, you know, you only do this if you're going into business for a traditional nine to five job, like cover letters are all over the place. So. Right. And, and, uh, and in all places, again, you're selling yourself. Yeah. So, and they've, they've got to sparkle and, and not only do they have to sparkle, they have to sparkle brighter than the other 
400 cover letters cover yeah. letters that these people are reading. I hire people, and I know for a fact that probably only got 200 cover letters. <laughs> so, in my in my so for example, when I hire, if you don't have a cover letter, you pretty much dropped off right away because I ask you to submit one. But you know, uh, uh, that's yeah something else <laughs> that that I do that that a lot of uh, I. I got on Twitter. Just I, I don't like social media. It drives me crazy. But I got on uh, I don't my Facebook <laughs> back in August and don't regret that for a second. But I got on Twitter to follow uh, publishers, agents, uh, other authors, editors, just you know for advice and to get you know if an, you know a, an editor says something cute about her dog and I do too. Hey, maybe they'll remember <laughs> my name. But they they give a lot of of advice and yeah. Cover letters always there and following the directions. <laughs> okay, like you said, include a cover letter. Yeah, because because if you're submitting something to somebody, they will have listed what they want, and you had better hit each one of those exactly how they they want it. So, do you print off your book in a print manuscript format with your print cover letter with your print one word synopsis? Do you print? send it to the post office and mail it or do I you electronically submit that I haven't do do done that? that I haven't mailed one gosh 8 years maybe maybe more everything's electronic electronic now. submissions yeah which is great because man if you're mailing that's a lot of a postage a <laughs> page manuscript yeah that the postage can add up gotcha so then okay then you wait right and wait and yeah. wait to hear back right it's depends on the publisher uh some publishers uh, they'll say we will try to get back with you in two weeks sometimes more realistically it's three months there are some i heard back from a publisher uh for a novel and i had sent it to them a, a year ago maybe year and a half it has been forever since i sent it out to them i'd frankly forgot i sent it to them so I had to send them back a, sorry, it's been published by somebody else now. <laughs> I have the book right here in my hand. And then you bask in your glory. So when the publisher says, hey, we might have something here, do they come back and give you edits, revisions, feedback on it? What do they usually do after that? Right. Okay. Uh, when you send it into uh, a publisher, when you don't have an agent, uh, the manuscript goes into what's called a slush pile. So... Probably an intern <laughs> will take go through the slush pile, and if they like something, they'll submit it to an acquisitions editor. The acquisitions editor is the person who reads it and thinks, I think we should publish this. I'm going to take it to the editorial board. So more people read it, and, and the board may decide, yes, we're going we're gonna to go with this. When it goes to that, uh, the author is contacted by um, by the boss, and they say, Either we want to offer you a contract or we want to talk with you first. So you might have a Skype conversation or a telephone phone conversation because a lot uh, of publishers like to know um, who they're getting in with. And if they like you, if you're personable, they know you're going to be easy to work with. They're kind of like an employer. Kind of, you're selling exactly. their book to them. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, so after that, they and if they like you, they'll, offer you a contract um, you might need to negotiate well I want a higher percentage of royalties uh, and then after that you do the contract signing mail it back and forth and then it under then it goes to the copy editor who goes through and looks for um, 
plot problems, uh, character development problems, and even some uh, uh, you know line edits like you know you spelled this wrong, you used the wrong you know, the, the the wrong effect here, uh, and you, and you correct that. And the author's the one who makes the corrections because you can take or leave their corrections. Generally, if you leave some of their corrections, they don't like you too well. So <laughs> I, I usually make all the corrections, but I get to word it in in the way I, I want to. Uh, and then it'll go to another editor who gives it, you know, a last read through. It it goes to um, uh, the composition people who make it look like a book. And uh, usually uh, there's an uh, an artist who will create the book cover. And yeah, by that point, it, do you get to see proofs of the cover before? I got they... to see proofs of my uh, my cover. Um, do you yeah, get production yesterday? production advance copies of your book to yeah. read through it, look at it? Yeah, I sure do. Yesterday, I got my I got uh, book covers to take a take a look at, and they gave me three options, and I liked all three of them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's uh, and it's simplistically that's that's the way it works. So, and, and I think one of the things that we don't think about, so we're talking about this, that those there are people out there who do this for a job so like your job is to design book covers or your job is to be a copy editor for a publishing house or your job is to be joe intern well that's not your job it's your internship but joe intern who wades around in the slush pile right like these are opportunities that are out there in areas students or people who don't have a job like look there those are jobs people are doing exactly (laughs) those are jobs there are um people who really like to correct other people. Okay? That's what <laughs> editors do. Okay, so there are book editor jobs out there. You like to read books. You like science fiction. Hey, I want to go to, I want to apply for this job at this publishing house because they just They're going to pay fiction. you to read science fiction. Exactly. Not just are they going to pay me to read science fiction. They're going to pay me to correct these people on what the, what's wrong. And so, yeah, there's jobs out there. There's For graphic designers, there are people who design books. But that's what they do, design book covers, and they do art for the inside. A uh, book that I had um, that came out last March, uh, it's called Chasing American Monsters. And I went through every single state, and uh, and I found you know, the famous monsters and some odd monsters that a lot of people don't know about from each state. And they hired a uh, an artist to draw a picture of you know, ah, a Bigfoot or a lake monster or, you know, for each state. So I've got 50 illustrations in there. So there's there's tons of jobs for people out there in the publishing industry. Excellent. So one last thing I want to bring up. Um, I know a lot of your work is centered around um, supernatural elements, Ooh. paranormal, the occult. So how, has that always been something you're interested in? Is that something you kind of fell into? How oh, no, that's something. I've been interested in that since I was, I was really little. Um, um, I grew up watching reruns of Star Trek, Lost in Space, uh, Twilight Zone. Um, <laughs> I never watched one episode of Mr. Rogers. I never watched any <laughs> Sesame Street because if, you know, something creepy was on, I, I was all over that. Uh, you know, when the Scholastic Book Club would have the, uh, you know, the color, you know, order forms, man, I was getting books on Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, <laughs> Ghosts. So I've I've been in love with that ever since I was I was a kid and uh, when it comes to the newspaper industry they don't write a lot about that right yeah uh, there have been times in you know throughout you know throughout American history where they did back when the spiritualist movement was going on in the 1800s and early 1900s seances and ghosts were reported like in they newspapers. had their section right like sports 
And then we have yeah. like the monster <laughs> section, monster right? Monster section. Well, and then we had uh, throughout the uh, late 40s up until the early 60s, it was UFOs. They were on the front page of, you know, the LA <laughs> Times. And then it was it was Bigfoot up until probably the uh, mid to late 70s. But uh, yeah, when I was in the industry, we didn't write about that sort of stuff. And then wait a second, I'm not in the industry anymore. I'm teaching <laughs> and I've got a few months in the summer. I'm going to write about ghosts. Yeah. So we always have like tips and tricks kind of at the end. You've shared a lot of good information, but uh, as someone who sees student work or even other professionals work, tips and tricks for finding a job, tips and tricks for improving your writing, um, communication, any, well, any tips and tricks, anything in your life? Well, you for, for, for communication, uh, the main issue with people is to don't be scared. All right. I, you, you know, you can talk to people on the radio. That's, that's okay. Cause you're talking to a person. Okay. You're, you're not talking to the people. I was on coast to coast AM twice, but the first time I was on it, I was like, wait a second, this is on 500 radio stations <laughs> and there's millions of people listening to me right now. It kind of freaked me out. You know, by the time I got around to the second time, it wasn't that big of a deal. So, uh, one of the main things through, anything people are going to do in life is don't be scared you know because going for an interview who's not nervous all right everybody's nervous going to an interview you know be speaking in front of people but if you can just find find a way to relax <laughs> that that makes everything easier uh when it when it comes to writing and i'm uh, one of the main things is, is just the practice practice makes you know, i mean practice makes perfect just keep doing it and I hate practice makes perfect because your writing's never going to be perfect. <laughs> uh, I've had a number of writing students who were really good, but they were under the impression that they could make their writing perfect. I'm like, you can't. You're always going to have a mistake. I was like that until you know the deadline hit me, and, and I kind of like just got to push it out, push it, it out. Go. Yeah. And, and the funny thing was, I thought my writing was perfect back then, <laughs> and it was garbage. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, get over yourself. Don't be scared and, and practice. All right. Awesome. Thank you for coming and sharing with us. All right. I thanks, appreciate the invitation. Absolutely. Yeah, we appreciate you being here for sure. So, all right. That'll do it for another Behind the Bearcat, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>